0: Father, we thank you, Lord, for the opportunity to hear your word. You said faith cometh by hearing, and hearing cometh by the word of God. We thank you, Father, that you would just build us up today, strengthen us on your holy word, and we thank you for it now in the mighty, precious name of Jesus. If you believe it today, I want you to shout out amen. So many times I hear people share about what God's doing in their life, and they get so focused on the, fact, on the bad thing instead of focused on who God is. I mean, think about as Ms. Jonas, she shares that testimony, how many of you were looking at how great and how big and how good God is? But so many times I hear testimonies and things like this that, oh, well, you know, the devil's been beating me up this week and how bad it is. The, the testimony is not that the devil comes and that the devil tries to attack. The testimony is, is that no matter what the enemy tries to do, I always, somebody say, I always, I always overcome. That God has given you the joy of the Lord as your strength. And no matter what happens, no matter what he says, it is the shield of faith that quenches all the fiery darts of the enemy. Somebody say amen to that. See, so many times we think about, well, this has been going on and my car broke down and this happened and such and such and this happened. But instead of focusing on those things, we need to focus on what God has done in our lives. Somebody say amen to that. I want you to go in your Bibles quickly to have back at chapter 2, and I'm going to read a couple of things, but faith is so important. It is the most potent force in the entire universe. It actually says in Hebrews 11, 6, that without faith, it is impossible to please God. How many want to please God in here today? And so the key to everything in God's kingdom is faith. Somebody say, it takes faith. It takes faith. Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 8 says this, For by grace are you saved through faith. And so in other words, faith is the door in order to receive the blessings of God. In other words, right here, there's this door right here. If I was to take this door and on the other side of this door is grace or is the blessings of God or is anything that we need from God and it's on the other side of that door and I said, here, this is yours. I want to bless you with it. All you have to do is walk right through that door. You have to walk through the door. Faith is the door that you walk through in order to receive the grace of God. So it doesn't matter whether it's salvation, whether it's healing, whether it's blessing, whether it's prosperity, whatever it is that you're believing God for, it's right on through the other side, right through the door of faith. Somebody say the door of faith. And so we must understand that, that faith is the key to open the door in order to receive God's grace. Somebody say faith is the key. And so I want you to look at this and how important faith is written there. It's, it's written four times. And I just want you to write these down this morning if you're taking notes. But at Back of chapter 2 and verse 3 and 4 says this, Write the vision and make it plain on tablets that he may run who reads it. You know what? If you're going through life and you don't know where you're going or what your goal is, then, then you need to sit down for a moment and write the vision of what you see God doing in your life. But if you're believing God for something, then you need to write it down. You need to make it plain and say, this is what I'm believing for. That's why at the beginning of the year, I encourage you, uh, you know, we started off the year. We do agreement Sunday, and I encourage the church to write down five things that they're believing for in 2019. You ought to take time and go back and look and see what are those five things. What Have those things come to pass? And if they haven't, begin to believe God for those things to come to pass. It says this, for the vision is yet for an appointed time, but at the end it will speak and not lie. It says, though it tarries, wait for it because it will surely come. It will not tarry. Behold the proud. His soul is not upright in him. But the just, somebody say the just, shall live by faith. The just shall live by his faith. Romans 1.17 says the same thing. It says, for it is the righteousness of God revealed from faith to faith. Somebody say from faith to faith. From faith to faith. It's like the song we sang. It was a wonderful song we sang this morning. From glory to glory to glory. See, as believers, we ought to be walking from glory to glory to glory. And at the same time, walking from faith to faith to faith. When you read Hebrews chapter 11, you see this. By faith, uh, you know, Joseph did this. By faith, Moses. By faith, Noah. We ought to be living by faith. Somebody say amen. But it's revealed to us, uh, Romans 117 For in it is the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith as it is written. Everybody say it together with me. The just shall live by faith. Galatians 3.11 says the same thing. It says, but no one is justified by the law in the sight of God is evident. For the just shall live by faith. Somebody say the just shall live by faith. And then Hebrews 10.38 says this. Now the just shall live by faith. But anyone draws back, my soul has no pleasure in him. In other words, we already re- already quoted earlier, but Hebrews eleven six says, Without faith, it is impossible to please God. But it's saying here that the just, somebody say, I'm just. The just shall live by faith. And if anyone draws back, that means if anybody doesn't live by faith, if anybody doesn't do what the scriptures say, if anybody doesn't live according to God's word, then he says, my soul has no pleasure in him. See, we get to live the best life. We get to live a life by faith. That no matter what the enemy tries to do, and that's what I was sharing earlier, is that no matter what happens in your life, the testimony is not that you went through this hardship. The testimony is not that the devil tried to attack your body and tried to attack your mind and tried to attack your relationships. The Bible says this in John 10.10, that the thief cometh not but for to kill. Somebody say to kill, to steal, and to destroy. If something in your life has tried to kill you, tried to destroy your life, destroy your relationships, destroy your family, destroy your finances, or tried to steal something out of your life, then you know that it didn't come from God. But Jesus said, but I have come to give you life and life more abundantly. Somebody say, amen for life. Praise the Lord for the life, for the abundant life. Somebody say, I have abundant life. I live abundant life because the just shall live by faith somebody say amen to that see we get to live the best life a life by faith sometimes as, as as i hear people they they want to focus on the fact that they went through something it's not the matter of that you went through something but it's that no matter what happens god brought god brought you out that god is on your side that god is with you that no matter what it might seem like no matter what it might feel like god is with you god is going to bring you out amen it doesn't matter. It's not that God that you got thrown into the lion's den, but it's that the lions didn't even open the, their mouths and devour you. It's not that 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 you went into the fiery furnace. The testimony is not that. The testimony is is even though you got thrown into the fiery furnace that when you walked out, you didn't even come out smelling like smoke. See, I don't know about you, but have you ever been around a campfire? You know, it's starting to get cool outside, but I can, you can't even just stand around a campfire without smelling like smoke. But yet they went into the fiery furnace and they inflamed it so much that the guards that threw them into the fiery furnace got consumed by the fire. See, it doesn't matter what what the enemy meant for bad. God is going to turn it around for good. Every good gift. Somebody say it with me. Every good gift and every perfect gift comes down from the Father of lights with whom there is no variableness, neither shadow of turning. That means God is good. Somebody say God good and devil bad. Come on, somebody say it again. Say it, God good and devil bad. No matter what happens, no matter what happens in your life, God is always good. And see, we have the awesome privilege to live by the faith that God has given us. That we also, and not only that, but we get to pray in faith. I want you to quickly go with me to 1 John chapter 5. 1 John chapter 5 in the New King James. I want to read with verse 14 and 15. It says this. Now this is the confidence or well, we might could say the faith. But somebody say the confidence. 1 John chapter 5 verse 14 says, "Now this is the confidence that we have in him. If we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And if we know that he hears us, Whatever we ask, we know that we have the petitions that we have asked of him. Sometimes there is a lack of knowledge regarding the subject of faith that will lead believers in a constant state of lack. I want your faith to be built that no matter what happens, that when God acts, he acts according to your faith. I want you to say that this morning. Say, when God acts, he acts according to my faith. You know, think about it, as much as God loves you, as much as he loves you and he sent his son to die on the cross for you, until you accepted Jesus into your heart by faith, you didn't get saved. And so he, what he acts, he, he does things according to your faith. God's actually already done it. But it, many times it doesn't manifest until we act according to faith. Faith is, a, is governed by law. We can read about that in Romans chapter 3, but it talks about how faith is governed by law. It's just like the natural realm. The spirit realm operates according to God's divinely instituted order. How many know that there's an order to God? There's an order that there are spiritual laws that must be obeyed in order to receive a desired result. Somebody say amen to that. That there are spiritual laws that must be obeyed in order to receive a desired result. See, you know, think about this. Natural laws govern electricity. For instance, electrical power flows better through copper wire than a rubber wire. I don't know why. That's just the way God made it. But that's a law that, that, you know, if you were to go and if you'd ever done any electricity work, you've got to have a copper wire that's in there, then that's what's going to transfer the electricity from one place to another. You could believe all you want to, and you could desire all you want to that that rubber was going to transfer that electricity. There's a law that governs that electricity goes through that copper wire that is transferred by that copper wire in the natural. I want you to look at it in the natural for a minute this morning. See, that's just the way God made it to work. By using the laws of electricity, we are able to tame and to harness its power for our benefit. You know, my dad, he he just retired as a nuclear engineer. And what he used to do is he worked at the nuclear power plant, and he would try to explain to me how electricity works. Now, I've grown up with him all my life, and I still don't know how electricity works. But my dad went to school to understand electricity, he spent years studying and understanding how electricity works. And it's amazing how they have it down. But how could they take a nuclear power plant and then bring us? And we've got electricity on these walls right here. It took time. It took time for us to harness that energy. And it took understanding to apply the laws that, and see, cause see, think of, if you think about it, people live thousands of years without the benefit of electricity. I mean, back in Jesus' day, that there there was no electricity. Back when Jesus walked on the earth, but the capability was still was actually there to have electricity. But it was due to a lack of knowledge; they didn't have the ability to be able to walk in the light of electricity. Many brilliant individuals lived throughout the centuries, but they simply didn't know what electrical power was or how it worked. Even though electricity has been on the earth ever since God created it. You know, men had to discover how laws governed it before they could use it. I mean, think about your cell phone. How many remember back whenever cell phones, whenever, how many remember that, you know, I remember back in the day when my mom had that little uh, car jack phone that was right there in the middle console and it took up like the whole seat, you know, it took up the whole thing and it had to be plugged in and you had to it had to jack it in. But look at us now. I mean, my, my, my phone is so small. I mean, it's like a, almost as thin as a piece of paper. I mean, it's like walking around with a little index card in my pocket. But yet the capability to have the cell phone that way was always there, but it took time for us to understand the natural laws to get to where that signal is going on all the time. As believers of faith, as walking in faith, you know, how many know that in this room right now, there are signals that are being passed through us right now in this moment, that there are radio signals and television signals and waves being gone throughout all this world and all through this room right now at this moment. Even though we don't see them with our natural eye, they're there. If I went to go get an FM radio and I went to try to dial it in, I'm sure I could pick up a station right here in this room. And so yet many times because we don't see it, it's like when we go to God, it's because we don't see it with our natural eye, it's almost as if we don't believe it. But see, no God wants us to. The just shall live by faith. It doesn't matter if you see it. Once you know that the law is true, once you know that God's word is true, and that it has to work, then you can walk by faith because the just shall walk by faith. And so, even though electricity has been on the earth since God created, men had to discover how to how its laws worked and how they how it governed it before they could use it. Some people ask, "Why didn't God help this person?" Or why did he let that person die? See, it wasn't God that did that. Healing, somebody say healing, deliverance, prosperity, salvation don't just happen, but they're available to each and every one of us. See, God controls himself and the universe he created by the laws that he spoke into existence. See, God actually obligated himself that I'm going to live according to certain laws. These laws govern how he works. It's simply, it wouldn't make sense for the one who created the physical world with so much order with, for example, the laws of gravity, the laws of electricity, all the laws that we can see in the natural, but to be himself random and disorganized. How many know that God is a God of order? And so he has set down certain laws that we can live by. You know, some Christians, they'll say, well, I prayed. Well, that's good. But did you pray correctly? The Bible says that you can pray amiss. That means that you can pray, but it didn't do you any good because you didn't pray the right way. And so we need to pray according to God's word. You say, well, did you pray? Well, I prayed. Well, did you pray correctly? Well, I don't know if I did it all right. But this is how they, they, they say, but if God wanted, he could just heal me. Well, God... Can And you know what? It's even better than that. He will. See, they don't think that there are any restraints on God. Think about this. The restraints on God are self-imposed. They are restraints. Nonetheless, God actually obligated himself. God follows his own laws. And you can beg him. You can plead him. You can wail. You can cry. You can do all you want to. But God is not going to change his laws. I could pray beg, ask and say, God, I'd like to walk on air. And you know what's going to happen every time because the laws of gravity, as much as God loves me, he's not going to defy the law of gravity just because he loves me. Amen. Now there are special miracle and miraculous things that God can and has done in his word and he will do, but see faith, Living by faith is better than always just living by from one miracle to a next miracle to a next miracle. Amen. It's kind of like somebody that, that, you know, maybe you didn't realize it, but your gas tank was down on E and all of a sudden, I mean, you're driving on fumes and you're just praying and you say, God, I asked that you just help me to get to the next gas station. Anybody ever been there before? I've been there before and say, God, I ask you to forgive me. God, I need you to help me. Help sustain me to the next gas station. What if I'm driving? I keep on driving by the gas station. And I get, and, I, and all of a sudden, I, get, I break down on the side of the road. Is that God's fault that I drove on past the gas station that God provided for me? But yet Christians are driving on by the gas station and saying, God, why am I broke down on the side of the road? He provided he, 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 he answered your prayer. He provided and he supplied. But yet it would be better to live by faith and to have wisdom and understanding and say, you know what? I need to fill up my car with gas so that I don't break down on the side of the road. God gave me a brain that I ought to use it, that I ought to use by faith. And I believe God and, and, live, and uh, live wisely according to the scriptures. Amen. God, everybody say this. God follows his own laws. Look at this in Psalms chapter 89 verse 34. He says, my covenant is. I will not break nor alter the thing that has gone out of my lips. When God gives his word, he never violates it. If God said by Jesus' stripes, I am healed, that means you're healed. If God said that if you accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior, then and you accept him into your heart, that you will be saved, then you are saved. Amen. And see, he never says something that he doesn't mean. He always means what he says. You know, for example, the, the Lord gave a tremendous privilege by saying, you resist the devil and he will flee from you. However, he just limited himself that now it's your responsibility to resist the devil, not his. Somebody say my responsibility. Since the authority has been given to you, God won't the rebuke the enemy for you. You have to. You know, I don't know there's many people in this room. I don't know what you might be dealing with, but, you know, uh, pornography is something that people deal with in this society today. God is not going to rebuke the television or the cell phone screen. You have to stand up and rebuke the devil and say, no, I'm not going to watch that. And as you resist the devil, then he'll flee from you. But as long as you keep opening the door, then it'll be like almost every time you open your phone or every time you get on the Internet, something pops up on your screen. And see, that's why you have to resist the enemy. You have to resist the devil. Somebody say amen to that. And see, since the authority has been given to you, God won't rebuke the enemy for you. You know, praying, God, oh, God, this is what, you know, sometimes that's what we resort to when we we'll pray and we'll say, oh, God, please get the devil off my back. Isn't that going to work? The Lord set down a law by speaking his word. And he says, you resist the devil. You know, I remember Brother Hagin telling a story, just part of my spirit. But the lady came down front and she said, oh, Brother Hagin, would you pray for me? The devil's been after me all week and I just need you to pray to get the devil off my back. And you know what he said? He said, well, wouldn't you want me to pray for you to die? She goes, oh, no. But see, she had to resist the devil. He could pray all day long, and it's not going to change anything until that lady stood up and began to resist the devil. God gives you the ability. You live the life that you want to live. If you don't like your situation, then you have the right and have the ability to change it today. By faith, you can begin to walk by faith and say, by faith, I'm going to walk because the just shall live by faith, and I'm not going to live this way. You must resist the devil, and he'll flee from you. And see, you can be as sincere as you want, but freedom from demonic oppression won't come until you follow the guidelines in the scriptures. I could shout all day long. I could preach all day long. But until you stand up, until you begin to declare God's word, it won't work for you. You've got to do it. You've got to use your authority. You must exercise the authority that God gave you, or it won't work. This is another spiritual law, that you will have what you speak. Somebody say that. Say this morning. Say, I will have what I say. Proverbs chapter 18, verse 20 and 21 says, A man's belly shall be satisfied with the fruit of his mouth, and with the increase of his lips shall he be filled. Death and life are in the power of the tongue, and they that love it shall eat the fruit thereof. Life and death are in the power of the tongue you will have what you say. Reference that in Matthew twelve thirty four, Mark eleven twenty three. You go ahead and go there with me, Mark chapter 11. But James 3, 2 through 12, you can write those down and read those later. But see, many people desire to be healed or to be set free or, or, or to be saved, but speak forth all kinds of negative things. You know, they say, well, what the doctor told them. And they say what their body feels like. And they say what other people's opinions are. And they wonder why they aren't seeing God's healing power manifest in their life. See, spiritual laws are in place and functioning right now. God isn't going to violate his word. And he won't suspend gravity for one person trying to fly or by jumping off the Empire State Building. No matter how sincere or how good of a person they are, gravity is a natural law. You saw me jump down off the platform or step down. As good as I am, as good as I, I wish I was, as much as Jesus loves me, you know what? God's not going to defy gravity just because he loves me. And so there's a natural law. And just like there's a natural law, there's a spiritual law that you can have what you say. You can have what you speak. And so you have to talk to it. Jesus said this. Look, if you're with me in Mark 11, 22, where verily I say unto you, that whosoever shall say unto this mountain, be thou removed and be thou cast into the sea, and shall not down in his heart, but shall believe those things which he saith shall come to pass. He shall have whatsoever he saith. The Lord commands us to speak to our problem. This is a truth about prayer that most people have missed. Speak to the mountain. Turn to your neighbor and say, speak to the mountain. Most Christians are speaking to God about their mountain instead of speaking to their mountain about God. But see, the mountain represents whatever your problem is. How many of you have ever been there before? How many of you have ever had a problem or something deal- that you're dealing with in your life? Raise your hand this morning. I don't know about you, I'm raising my hands and my feet. I've dealt with something before. And so the mountain represents what the problem is. Jesus declared, Jesus himself, God himself actually told us, he said, he tells us, speak to your mountain and command it to be cast into the sea. Most average Christians, they'll pray like this, God, I have this mountain. Would you please move it for me? How many of you have ever been there for you? Ever prayed that prayer I've been there for. God, but see, there's a better way to pray. Somebody said there's a better way to pray. See, the Lord told you to talk to it, not to talk to him. Whatever it is, to speak to it. The purpose of prayer is not to inform poor, misinformed God, your heavenly father. You know, how many know he already knows what you have need of before you even asked it? It's not to give God a report on what it is that's going on in your life. Telling God what the doctor said. How many know he was with you when you were in the doctor's room? He was with you when the the surgeon was right there trying to explain something to you. He was with you right there in the room. He doesn't need you to tell him what the doctor said. Somebody say amen. You don't need to tell him how bad you feel. You know, he doesn't need to know that dear old Aunt Susie died of this whatever it is. See, don't just sit there griping and complaining about what the Lord's already done. it By his stripes, you were healed. You're probably wondering, if God has already healed me in the spiritual realm, then how do I pray to see healing manifest in the physical realm where I need it? I don't know about you, but I want to know how to get it in the natural. How do I get it from the supernatural to the natural? First of all, Psalms 104 says this, enter into his gates with thanksgiving. Somebody say, enter in his gates with thanksgiving. Begin to praise God and magnify him for the fact that it's already done. I don't know about you, but whenever I pray, you know, that's why many times when we end our prayer meetings, when we last week, if you were here and I prayed for those that needed healing, I encourage everybody to start thanking God that he's already done it. Even if they didn't feel healed, even if they didn't look healed, I said, praise God and thank him that he's already done it because it says to enter into his gates with Thanksgiving, you praise God by faith. You have received it. The moment I prayed, the moment I laid hands, the moment I said in Jesus' name, in my mind it was done because by faith I believed it to be done. Last Sunday, I had the opportunity, I prayed with, a, with someone here in this church, and I won't share who it is, but they were praying and believing God for a family member that was on their deathbed, that was dying, and that was having severe issues in the health area, and they were believing God for a miracle. And we prayed, and we agreed last Sunday, and I called them this week just to check on to see how they were doing, and they said, oh, well, they're doing great. They're about to get out of the hospital the next day. Because the moment you pray, the moment you ask in faith is the moment that God begins to do something. Whether we see it in the natural, whether we feel it in our body, that's what I'm talking about. The just shall live by faith. Begin to praise and magnify God for the fact that it's already done. So you don't have to sit there and squall and beg and and say, God, please, I'm asking you, I'm begging you, God, please answer my prayer. This should build faith and encourage you. That you can say, Father, I thank you that by Jesus' stripes I was healed, and I receive it now by faith. Then turn whatever the issue is in your body and talk to it. Turn and, and you know, if you have a headache, begin to speak to the headache. Say, God, I thank you, Lord, that by Jesus' stripes I'm healed, and I thank you for it. I receive it in Jesus' name, and then speak to your mountain. and Start speaking, you know, speak to whatever it is, the situation. Maybe it's your child, and you need to speak to your child and speak over them in the spirit and get them on the right track. Somebody say amen. Don't keep speaking, well, my child's never going to get saved. My child's never going to get healed. My child's never, no, speak healing in life. Speak life over your marriage. Speak life over your kids. Speak life over your spouse. Somebody say amen. Don't just speak to God about it. Praise the Lord for what his word says. He's already done it. And then speak directly to your problem. I'm going to close with this example. I read a testimony of a lady that the doctors had diagnosed her on a scale of 1 to 10 in her pain. That she was uh, diagnosed at a constant eleven that she hurt and couldn't do anything. So she told the minister that she knew God had a purpose in this and that he was receiving glory from it. The minister had to spend some time with her, about 30 minutes, countering a religious doctrine that said that God was trying to teach her something through that. Finally, he got to a place that she was ready to pray. Grabbing her hands, he commanded all the pain to leave her body in Jesus' name. And boom, instantly, somebody say instantly, She was pain-free for the first time in years. Amazed, she started praising God, and she stopped and remarked, but I still have this burning across my back of my waist. Why didn't it leave? He said, I didn't speak to burning. You told me that you had pain. And so he says, watch this. Grabbing her hands again, he spoke to the burning and said, burning, I command you to leave in Jesus' name. And she exclaimed, it's gone, it's gone. And she started praising God that, that it, it was gone right then. Somebody say amen to that. Then he said he trained her on how to minister to herself using Mark eleven twenty three and 24 that we just read. And he told her, if another pain comes back, it's not that God didn't heal you. It's the devil knocking on the door to see if you'll open the door back up to him again. I'm going to say that again. Because I think sometimes that just goes over people's heads. If the pain comes back, it's not that God didn't heal you. It's the enemy who comes to steal the word and he's knocking on the door to see if you'll open the door for him and open it back up to him. In other words, if you say, oh no, I wasn't healed or I lost my healing, then you open up the door and Satan will come back in. The enemy will steal the joy. He'll steal the blessing. See, you've got to believe in faith. You've got to believe. Don't open the door. When the, when the door starts knocking, when all of a sudden the pain comes back, when the issue starts to arise, you say, no, by Jesus' stripes, I was healed and I am healed. And the gifts and callings of God are without repentance. I command this pain to leave and you'll retain your healing and everything will be just fine. I remember one time I was coming back from a staff meeting over in Florence. I was driving on the road, and all of a sudden, uh, just a sharp pain, a terrible pain came up in my back as I began to drive and as I was coming home on, on a late Monday evening, and I just began to speak to that back and speak to that pain. And i tell you what, within five minutes, that pain was completely gone, and it didn't come back. Somebody say amen. But see, he commanded, you had to command and speak to the mountain commanded to leave, and everything will just be be just fine. Just before she left, all of a sudden, the, the minister was going to leave, and she said, well, that burning has come back. And he says, well, I've been teaching you what to do. I'll join hands with you, and I'll agree, but you pray. And so he said, I want you to pray this time. So she said, okay. And she says, Father, I thank you that it's your will for me to be healed. By the stripes of Jesus, I was healed, and I thank you for it. I claim my healing now in Jesus' name. That's a pretty good prayer. But after she finished, he asked and says, do you have any burning? She goes, yes, it's still there. She, he goes, do you know why? She said, no, you didn't do what I told you to do. What's that? You didn't speak to your mountain. You talked to God and you praised him, and that's good. But what you didn't do, you didn't do what the word told you to do. You mean I'm supposed to say burning in the name of Jesus be gone? And he said, yes, and she said, okay, and so he joined hands with her, and she goes, burning in the name of Jesus, I command you, and then stopped right there, and all of a sudden, she says, it's gone, it's gone, it's left in Jesus' name, I'm healed, and years later, she is still healed, because the just shall live by faith. I know I've given you some teaching this morning, and I know I've taught this before, but it's important that faith cometh by hearing, and sometimes what you might not have gotten last time, all of a sudden, you might get it today, amen? You might build your faith. There might be things that you're going through that the enemy's tried to do today that you weren't going through last year or earlier this month. Somebody say amen. And see, speak to your problem and command it to change. Direct your faith. You get to direct your faith with your words. The Bible says speak to those problems. I don't believe you have to be so technical. God knows what I mean. God knows I I want to be healed. It doesn't matter what your intentions are. These are laws that govern how things work. You don't judge your family or you don't uh, share with your family based on their intentions. You know, may, maybe the intentions of your family was they were going to get you a birthday cake and get you a nice present, and that was their intention, but they forgot to do so. And so maybe you, when they forgot it, how did you feel whenever they forgot your birthday? They intended to do right, but yet they didn't do the right thing. Just because you intend to say the right thing, just because you have the intention to do what is right, God doesn't work and based off of intentions. Somebody say amen to that. You have to speak to the things. You have to talk. There are laws that govern how things work. You have to talk to things. We don't do it. We wonder why aren't we healed. But you have faith, but it needs to be directed. I'm talking about directing your faith with your words. Use it in cooperation with the laws that God has given us and according to his works. Resist the devil and talk directly to it. Somebody say amen to that. See, when you speak to your problem, you command it to change. Direct your faith with your words. Although your words are very important, your actions must also be consistent with your faith. You know, sometimes faith just does something. If you believe one way and act another way, it'll cancel out your faith. Learn what God's word says and how his power works and then cooperate. If you have a headache, don't say, oh, God, I've got this headache. Please take it away. I believe that by Jesus' stripes I'm healed. That's not sufficient. You say, God, I thank you for healing me. I receive my healing in Jesus' name. And then say, headache, headache. I command you to leave now in Jesus' name. It's not sufficient for you to just pray a prayer. You have to speak to the pain. You have to speak to the problem. Speak to the pain. Say, pain in Jesus' name, I command you to leave my body. Whatever it is that's causing this pain, I speak to that part of my body and command it to respond so that this thing can stop in Jesus' name. Speak to your problem and command it to change and direct your faith with your words because the just shall live by faith.